Welcome to the Gut Health Dialogues with Alyssa. Hi, I'm Alyssa, a registered dietitian, integrative and functional nutrition therapist, and real food enthusiast. In this podcast, I'm thrilled to share with you the tried and tested secrets to living a symptom-free life, whether you're living with IBS, SIBO, or any other stomach issue. If you're sick and tired of hearing from doctors that there is nothing wrong with you, but still feeling worse and ready to take control of your gut health, this podcast is for you. And guess what? Today's episode is extra special. We're diving into the real experiences of individuals who've embarked on this journey to reclaim their gut health. We are introducing our incredible client testimonials. These are the real stories of triumph, transformation, and the unwavering spirit to take control of their gut health. So grab your favorite beverage, settle in, and get ready to be inspired. Our clients are not just sharing testimonials. They're sharing the keys to locking a life of vitality and balance. Without further ado, let's kick off another empowering episode of the Gut Health Dialogues. And what was your health like before we started working together? Um, prior, you know, what symptoms were you having? Well, I had digestive issues, quite bluntly, not being able to get away from the toilet. So I was afraid to leave my house. Uh, and just dealing with the physical symptoms of what I was going through, it absolutely depleted my, my body. And I could I could see that I was going downhill. I had I had no uh, zest for life, no energy to do anything. I just wanted to sit and and be left alone. So I I did not go out of the house for quite a period of time, and it it, it was just really miserable. Um, looking at some of the notes from when we started and it reminded me because we ended up in our work together finding out you had an imbalance in your of bacteria in your small intestine right and that that was right. the one of the root causes one of the root causes of why you were having so many digestive issues <clears throat> mm-hmm. right it was um, and i but what i didn't remember so this is interesting is that you had been treated with rifaximin prior to just, I think, just right before we started working together. Yes, that was um, the gastroenterologist was able to do that, but right. that was that was it. There was no no follow up with that or anything, you know. And what my experience when I took rifaximin before is if there's no no treatment or uh, any intervention after that, that it comes back full force. Yeah, that's that's where I was. That's so true. And that's what um, I've noticed as well. The statistic is that for two thirds of people with SIBO, they will have SIBO recur if they just do like one course of treatment. Rifaximin is the most common treatment. Uh, antibiotic used for SIBO, and that two-thirds of them, for two-thirds of people, that won't be enough, um, that they have to actually do more with their diet, um, more to maybe help support their microbial balance, look at the root cause, and and do a lot more, right? So that's what Absolutely. we are doing, right? 
Can you tell me what some of the things were, um, like kind of what we did together and how it turned out for you? The first thing we did was uh, you were able to find out what the issue was in my body by testing and immediately intervened with the appropriate supplements and set up a plan for me to do that. And it, it started producing results fairly quickly. And diet changes. The FODMAP diet was very useful. And you worked me through that. It's not an easy diet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and But you, you have some tools that you were able to introduce that were very helpful. Uh, some computer tools, some uh, online stuff, you know, all sorts of things. Do you mind sharing with us that you um, kind of your history with dietary issues um, as far as this wasn't your first stab at doing a special diet, right? No, no. Um, I had actually been working with the doctor for off and on for about four years and what he told me was to go on the FODMAP diet and stay on it and come back in a year, which was not helpful. I tried to do the diet. I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I knew the foods that I could eat and I couldn't eat, but there, there's so much more to it than just that. You know, you have to you have reactions and all that sort of stuff, and you have to know what to do when that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it was... Um, it was impossible for me to go through that by myself. You mentioned the reaction. So one of the things I notice is when people, if, you know, um, they go on the low FODMAP diet, um, and then there's three phases to that. There's the elimination, the reintroduction, and the um, uh, personalization. Um, so a lot of times they people do well with the elimination, but then when they go to reintroduce the foods, they have a lot of reactions, right? So right. I notice a lot of people get stuck in that place where they're kind of stuck in the elimination phase, which is not advised even by Monash to stay in that phase because it's too restrictive. Um, but they can't add foods without having symptoms. And that's why we did more testing with you, right? Right. Right. We did. And um, I forget what the results of the test were, but they were helpful. Uh, I remember remember pinpointing the methane. We did a SIBO breath test and we were able to find out not only what gases were too high, you know, that which Mm -hmm. correlated with the results were consistent with SIBO for you. We were able to tell what type it was consistent with methane SIBO and how high the gas levels were gave, gave us an idea how much, you know, the degree of the overgrowth. And so we were able to really target that specifically. And I bring it up because it's so often underlying causes like SIBO. In fact, for 60 to 80% of people with IBS, SIBO is their root cause. And that's, that's a really high right. percentage. Um, so it's not until we address that overgrowth and clear the bacteria that you're going to be successful adding in FODMAP foods. Was that your experience too? Yes, it was. Um, Getting to the point where I was comfortable, where I could eat at least some foods without, you know, the low FODMAP 
foods without an issue. Uh, I think it allowed my body to heal a little bit so that I could even go on to, to the next step. With the, the, the supplements, you know, that that healed it, you know, and got it to the point where I could move on. Well, with the whole approach, supplements, diet, we took the mm -hmm. 5R approach. And I probably didn't call it that with you, but what the 5Rs means, uh, 5Rs of functional nutrition, is you remove, the first R is remove, you remove the problem, which could be problem foods, it could be problem bacteria. Uh, at the mm -hmm. same time, you reinforce um, nutrition. So we, we, we did add some supplements to help reinforce your digestion and uh, your nutritional status. And then when we're ready, we reintroduce um, foods and we repair the gut lining mm -hmm. and we rebalance mm -hmm. the gut bacteria. So those are the five R's and we work through those different steps um, and they had to be done in the right order for everything to work correctly. Right. And right. then what yeah. was your experience like once you did uh, start to reintroduce foods? Actually, by that time, uh, I think we had, you had uh, taken care of most of the bacteria or enough so that I could introduce some, some foods. And it was, on this time, it was pretty, uh, pretty successful. I didn't have major reactions to any of the FODMAP groups, which entirely surprised me, but I was able to go through that without major reactions like I had had before. Which is so wonderful. It's so amazing, right? Because and It's that, very freeing. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that also allowed us to add in healthy foods that your body needed. Interestingly enough, the very foods that we have to remove with the low FODMAP diet to help calm the symptoms of SIBO are the high fermentable foods that are that we actually need to feed good bacteria in our large intestines. So in order to not feed the bacteria in your small intestine that's overgrown so that you don't have as many symptoms. We're also not feeding the good. So it was really important for us to reintroduce the FODMAPs and give you a lot more diversity of plant foods in your diet so you can have diversity of microbes in your intestine, your large intestine. It worked well. Um, what can you tell me before we started you know, or how long were you suffering with this before we started working together? I think probably about four years off and on. I mean, I had the symptoms the entire time. So it was really taking a toll on my body, I mean, just dealing with the symptoms. And mentally, I, I became very depressed. And I just felt like I was going downhill, you know, like life was slipping away from me. Yeah. And it's, uh, I knew I had to do something. And what were some of the things you had tried in those four years before we started what we did? Um, one was the doctor. Uh, another one, um, I, I got online and tried to educate myself about what I needed to do. And I tried um, 
uh, protocol of the herbs and stuff on my own. Had no idea what I was doing other than what they said is just to take them. So I did that and I did get some relief. But not knowing the whole pattern of what it's supposed to do, you can't just kill them off and expect them to stay that way. Mm-hmm. And But I, I didn't know that. I don't have the background like you do. And so I went off of it and started immediately getting miserable again. Um, and I went back to the doctor to see if I could do anything. And I still, there still wasn't anything. I think that's the maybe the second time he gave me Rifoximin. Rifoximin. And um, that, that was not a satisfactory approach at all so that's when i contacted you and i was watching uh, some of your um, information under nutrition resolution your mm-hmm. um, podcast kind of thing and it was something that you said really hit me like you know you're you're robbing yourself of life and also the people that you live with that you love. You're you're robbing them of your presence because you're just not there. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like, how long do you want to be this way? Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I started grappling with and decided I needed to do whatever I needed to do to to change it. And that's when I started working with you. Oh, well, that's so, that's so interesting. You hadn't told me that before, but that I do know a lot of people suffer for a long time and there's, there's usually some tipping point. There's just something that finally motivates you to just take it a step further than what you've tried before. So, um, yeah, so I'm so glad you called and that we've been able to sort all this out. I will say it's just what you experienced is so um, common with this SIBO problem, especially with methane SIBO. You know, rifaximin is the standard treatment right now. If you go to a doctor or a gastroenterologist, not all, but most, they kind of do the, the standard treatment for SIBO is a two-week course of rifaximin. And not only is that not long enough for two-thirds of people with SIBO to clear all the bacteria, but you had methane SIBO. And which is very common with people who have constipation Mm -hmm. Um, and methane SIBO, rifaximin won't even touch. Um, It's it, we need a different, actually a different combination of antibiotics or herbal antimicrobials for methane and methane tends to take longer to get rid of. Mm -hmm. So that's why, Mm -hmm. you know, it sounds like when you went on that herbal regimen on your own that was helpful enough for you to say okay I'm on the right track with this type mm-hmm. of process exactly. but you probably just weren't on it long enough and so the bacteria mm-hmm. just grows right back right um and then we you know you hadn't done the five r's you basically had just you were kind of still in the r the first two maybe the first r can you tell me what you, what hesitations if any you had before starting to work with me One of the hesitation is making sure um, that you were someone that could help me and looking at your credentials and and reading your website and everything. 
I, I felt like you had the training and the know-how to do that, and you're easy to work with. So that that was my hesitation. Um, the other hesitation was just the cost. And I had to get my priorities uh, straightened out and put my health in a higher priority and just uh, do what I had to do uh, to pay for it. So I did. And I, and I don't regret a penny of it. Yeah, it's so interesting what you said about priorities, because um, certainly cost is a barrier whenever you have to get professional help for anything, right? And it's unfortunately right. our healthcare system is set up so that there are a lot of dietitian types of services that dietitians provide are not, uh, and, and specialty testing and things like that um, are not covered. Um, and I think we all have kind of a mindset when it comes to healthcare that we want it to be covered by insurance, but that can kind of mess with the way we're looking at things because exactly. you know, if you, as long, and now assuming you have some, some resources to work with, because some people just don't have any resources. That's absolutely true. But if you have any resources, you know, it's easy in your mind to justify spending your money on certain things, but People don't want to spend it on their health because of that mindset, that kind of insurance. Right. But when you take a step back and say, you know, this is really something that's worth spending my money on. This is my quality of life. Like you said, these this is exactly. how I show up to life and how, how I show up for people. Right. Exactly. It's a that's, really that's what made the difference. Yeah. Tell us about how is your life um, today? How are you feeling and how is it different from before? Well, for one thing, I feel like I have my life back. Um, I'm able to uh, lead pretty normal life and um, with a minimum of making special arrangements for whatever dietary needs I, I have or had and, uh, you know, stuff like that. It's, I feel much better. My uh, depression has lifted again so um i'm feeling much much better and i'm and i'm like i said i think i'm like a normal person again do you find yourself showing up for your family uh in a different way my husband was very concerned about me because he could he was watching me go downhill mm -hmm. so he's very pleased that that i that i'm feeling better mm -hmm. and and can be myself again and I'm making arrangement. I, I went to visit my son. I haven't been on a trip or anything in years. This, this entire time that I've been dealing with this, I couldn't go anywhere, you know. So not having to deal with those kinds of symptoms, um, I actually went out of the country for a few days to visit my son, which he's been asking me for years. <laughs> To, to do that but I haven't been able to so uh -huh. and the other thing is I'm planning a trip to see my daughter uh -huh. and and the rest of our extended family on with her so th those are things I just couldn't do before well before we started working together what were some of the areas you were stuck and felt that you needed help I couldn't get the symptoms to stop I didn't know what was causing them specifically, and I didn't know what to do to stop them. 
So I was feeling very stuck in not being able to manage what was happening to my body. And I, I knew I didn't know enough to do that and, and I needed help. And so what are that, some of the, the most relevant or valuable things that you learned um, with our work together? Underneath the whole thing is hope. Hope that I can be different. And, and that's what I felt from you. Um, you had the right tools, some online tools and other things that uh, were very helpful. Um, you knew a lot about how to treat it as far as supplements and herbs and things like that. And you knew the process. You know, I didn't know any of those things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, most people wouldn't unless they've, they've had the training like you have. If someone was thinking about working with me, what would you say to them? I would say, get your priorities straight. Decide what is really important. And then do whatever you need to, to get that done, to get in that place. That sounds like really good advice. And I do, I just think that you're, you sharing your experience is going to be so helpful to there are so many people out there feeling exactly how you felt and coming up against the same challenges of um, the, you know, just kind of the standard approach falling tremendously short of what's actually needed to really get lasting relief from SIBO. So, um, and just these functional gut, just not just SIBO, other functional gut issues where there's really no, you know, maybe there is, or maybe there isn't some, over uh disease diagnosis to explain the symptoms um but you know kind of the medical approach is a medication to mask to, to take care of kind of help manage symptoms um and that's that's it for a lot of these conditions and that's really not uh helping get to the root of what's going on or actually right. so um that's right. That's what we're here to talk about. And thank you so much for doing this today. 